Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Wright, and join alongside of me uh, for this January Mercy and Justice Month is Anthony Wright. Anthony, welcome to the podcast and uh, thanks for being my co-host for January. Absolutely. Anytime. Glad to be back. Cool. You're in the studio. Yeah. And so for the, the month of January, yeah, studio is generous. Uh, but for the month of January, we are kind of deriving from our normal program of digging deeper into our sermon series. And we're more focusing on how do we actually apply mercy and justice in our lives as we're looking at the Beatitudes. Um, so Anthony, why don't you tell the people really briefly, what are we doing with our, our mercy and justice initiative this year? And what's the rest of the month going to look like for B-Sides? Yeah. Um, so if you've been around Liberty for the last year, you should have heard about our local mercy initiative that focuses on foster care and fatherlessness, which is like a long-form way of saying, how can we care for vulnerable families and kids in our community? Because uh, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of ways our church can be active in caring for these vulnerable families and kids. And so um, as we begin to think through like how to push our church toward mercy last year, how to loop together some rhythms, uh, we came up with this idea of a local initiative, local a local mercy initiative to really just kind of uh, pull our efforts together and focus them in a direction. Mm. Um, and so if you were around last year and you kind of saw that go down, this year is going to look much the same way. Uh, and January is going to look much the same way. Uh, we're going to have a sermon series about the attitudes, which is really attuning our hearts to how we should how should we should be postured as believers mm -hmm. hearing the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount there and then how that will lead into us actually taking what we know about God and his heart and then being able yeah, to apply that respond. exactly yeah. um and so on, on the B-Sides podcast this year uh well for, this for month, month next yeah. month big year too but just for the month um we have some special guests we'll have yeah. people from within our church and people from outside of our church who are working with some local works that we partner with. Right. Um, and so you'll hear from them in a second in our studio today. It's a little crowded, but we have JP and Mariah Rogers here. Um, That's right. Clap it up for them. I, and if you're driving, you can still clap too. Just keep your you know eyes on the roof. And we have Cindy King, who's coming in next week with the Keystone Family Alliance. And Cindy King has been... I mean, instrumental in helping us think of these issues. Um, she's doing a lot, she'll tell you all about it, of pulling together churches in Cumberland County to really address this issue of family advocacy. We have the Dums after her, our safe family. And then a special episode wrap up January, which is a Q&A with Cindy King. Yeah. So we envision that these conversations are going to spark a ton of questions. Yeah. And we want to be able to answer those questions. Uh, and we want to invite Cindy into that as the expert because she knows more than we do. So be thinking, yep. uh, be writing questions, send them in, and we'd love to answer them. Yeah, and for those those questions, you can send those in a couple of ways. You can email those to me at jenna at liberty.org. You can email anthony at anthony at liberty.org, or you can use the handy-dandy QR code that I'm looking at on the back of our bulletin to actually submit a B-side question as yeah. well. Uh, so go ahead and send those in throughout the month. I'll be compiling those so that we can prep Cindy for what to expect in that Q&A. Uh, so without further ado, uh, our, our first 
folks up in this series of, of hearing from the practical implications of how to apply some of this in our own lives and in, in our church. Uh, we get to welcome back uh, JP and Mariah Rogers. Guys, welcome to the beautiful studio space. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. Yeah. How how are you guys doing today? Uh, it's Monday. How are you feeling right now to be back on the podcast a year later? Well, we made it another year. Yeah. So pretty exciting. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's something to celebrate. Uh, still tired. Maybe yeah. a little less so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's a kind of a good place to maybe even start, right? Like you guys were basically here pretty much a year ago. Uh, so why don't you help us understand an update from the last year? What has changed uh, since the last time that you shared? Uh, wh- what are some high points for uh, the life of our church to know and understand? Yeah, so um, a lot has happened in the last year. This year, we get to say our kids' names, um, Jasir and Jahara, because they were adopted in March. Um mm-hmm. And that was uh, such a beautiful time, but also um, an incredibly stressful and harrowing time because in the day, in the weeks leading up to the adoption, we, there were um, potential obstacles that were going to derail it. And Mm. we didn't know until the the doors in the courtroom closed on adoption day, if it was actually going to happen that day, man, Uh, which talk about stress, but also talk about surrender. We had to surrender over and over again, um, every day, every minute of every day in those weeks mm-hmm. leading up to it. Um, just back up just a little bit. Um, we knew that there was a potential obstacle and there were other hard things going on at the same time mm-hmm. um, at the end of January, early February. And we invited the Carvelas to come over to our house and just have a time of lament with us mm-hmm. um, because everything just felt so heavy and hard and just, it was so painful. Um, and so we spent that time lamenting together and part of lamenting is asking boldly. And so we asked boldly, um, for an adoption date to actually happen, um, pretty quickly because we had um, a wedding we wanted to go to that the kids could only go to if they were adopted. Um, and that would, that wedding was in June, um, which if the adoption had been derailed, it would have been at least six more months, mm-hmm. um, like wait, probably even more. Um, and so we lamented that night and the very next morning we opened our email to an adoption date, mm-hmm. which insane. was 13 days later. And what's that's, that alone is not that insane. What is insane is that normally the process, at least in Cumberland County, from the moment you file your intent to adopt takes eight plus weeks to wow. get like your date is eight weeks out yes. from the intent to adopt. Our date was two and a half weeks out wow. from our intent to adopt. Mm-hmm. And that expedited process meant the ops, the potential obstacle was much less likely to happen mm-hmm. and didn't happen. Um, and so it just was such an, like truly an answered prayer, undeniably answered prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was probably the, the, the high of the year for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because we weren't 100% sure, we actually told Jasir that it was adoption day when he got off the van from school at 2 o'clock. And he said, get dressed. We're going now. The adoption was at 3.30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was his reaction to that? Oh, he was pumped, okay. um, which we were surprised at because they actually thought they were adopted long before they actually were. Oh, man. Um, not because we told them they yeah. were. They just... They just... They just... at home. Yeah. And... Um, 
But then they got really excited. Uh, and just, we were, they're skipping down the streets of Carlisle, getting yeah, to the courthouse going, it's adoption day. It's adoption day. That's awesome. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so how have things changed since adopting them then? Like what, what does it feel like to be able to like officially call them your kids? I do think that like we've seen a process even before, like the, in the last year of them being more confident and comfortable and just coming into their own um, as people, yeah. as, you know, kids, as, you know, their own security. Mm. Um, and like Jahara goes through phases where she asks questions like, do I really get to stay here forever? Yeah. And just to be able to say with confidence, like, yes, like I, I don't have to hesitate mm. when I answer. Yeah. Um, and just to see her smile after that is such a special thing. Um, but also just like not having caseworker visits. It's amazing. (laughs) And it's even been fun to see them do that here at Liberty too, of like become coming more into their own and showing Mm -hmm. their personalities and feeling comfortable. Uh, for me in my role at Liberty, I spent a lot of time in the back hallway, right near the classrooms in between services. And it's, it's fun to see them and how they've grown and interacted and, and feel home here too, mm-hmm. which is, is really fun and encouraging for me to see. So you, in my so you get to participate in stopping them from sprinting down. The <laughs> I will say, okay, they're very good at the, the slow walk, <laughs> but they really emphasize their steps. It's pretty funny. To watch. I love it. It makes me laugh every time. Jasir literally looks like an Olympic speed walker. He does. It's <laughs> truly impressive. And he will hug that wall. Yeah. It's truly impressive. He knows his margins where they are. And that's the mark of a Liberty kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so what about um, any respite placements or anything else? Have you had anything else going on in your home uh, with other kiddos? So we have had a series of respites. Um, the last couple months we've been taking it easier for the holidays, but uh, we counted, we had nine respite weekends this year, um, several for one kiddo who is now in a different foster home. Uh, so we don't see him as much anymore. Um, we had um, two a little longer, not forever yeah. placements, but one uh, where a four and a half year old boy um, came to us for two weeks in May Um just showing, I guess, our care community and support. Um, we Mariah was actually at Women's Bible Study uh, Wednesday morning, got a phone call during the Bible study at 11. I think you called me at 11.15 or something like that. And he uh, came at six. Huh. Um, wow. So, yeah, that was our first longer term, like longer than a weekend with our kids. Uh, having another kid for more longer than a weekend. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's something that's been happening. Um, I'll throw it over to Mariah to share our longer one. Yeah. 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 Um, so over the summer we did a respite for a foster family that had taken four kids, um, Mm -hmm. in the spring and they were really struggling with two of them. And so we offered to, um, have the, the two girls stay with us for a little longer just to kind of help support them and give them a little bit more of a break. But then in, so they agreed to that. Um, we had the girls for a month and in that process, the County was actually able to find a fictive kin placement, which basically just means um, someone who isn't 
biologically related to them, but who knew them prior to coming into care and had an established relationship. And so then actually all the kids were able to move to that placement, which was an ideal situation. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was a challenging time for sure. Um, it's definitely a lot different to bring kids into the home when you already have kids in the home, um, because then you have to work through the dynamics between the kids. And, um, I think one of the most challenging parts of that is that you have expectations for the kids who are already in your home and then kids who are new to your home, you can't hold those same expectations right away. Um, and so like giving the new kids lots of grace, but also needing to give grace to your kids, the kids who are in your home have been in your home because they are their their world has been upended to a yeah. degree. And so giving grace to them, but also holding the boundary, like it's just a very complex dance that it just constantly felt like we were dancing around like what what it should look like. Um mm-hmm. what was best for our kids, what was best for the girls, um, what was best for all of us to keep it sustainable. Yeah. Um but yeah, we've also been able to with all of these respites, um, most of the families we've been able to stay in contact with and and provide support. Um, especially the kinship placement for the girls because she, she didn't get the training that foster parents get. She just all of a sudden had four kids from with trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just being able to, you know, call her and give her some trauma informed tips and, um, and just have the girls over periodically to give her a break has been Mm -hmm. um, just a really sweet thing to have the space to do that. Yeah. Yeah. She's one to keep in your prayer. She is. Uh, single mom with six kids now. Wow. Um, so that's a, a lot for anybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and kind of, I, I'm hearing this theme of there are a lot of joyous things, but like taxing things and complicated things that come along with the life that you guys feel called to in fostering, adopting, doing respite care, potentially, you know, future placements, things like that. But something that has changed in the last year is you have a care community to, yes. to come alongside of you in that. Uh, Anthony, how many folks are serving on the care community for the Rogers? Uh, currently eight. There are eight. So eight people are on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so where's it eight to 10, something like that, (laughs) eight to 10 folks from our own community that have come alongside of you guys in this process. And so the, the question that I have is how have these folks been able to serve you? How, how has that been like a respite, I guess, to, to use the language for, for you guys and your family as you've made these big transitions in the last year? Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the most like more one-off things, but that we really needed was yard help in the spring. Yeah. Um, we can do the mowing, but the extra stuff was tough. Mm. Um, and so that was, you know, we just kind of asked and a bunch of people came and helped clean up our yard. Mm. Um, one day in the spring, um, we've called one of them to build bikes for the girls <laughs> the night before they came, uh, and uh, one of the things that we've tried to hold pretty strongly, uh, especially this past year, um, was we set a goal of having 17 date nights. Wow. Um, Which is an average of one every three weeks. Yeah. Okay. We didn't want to like say every three weeks because yeah. then, you know, everything yeah. Yeah. gets yeah. thrown off. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just to make space for ourselves, um, we normally talk and like talk about the day every day, really. Yeah. Um, 
both parenting and otherwise. Um, but just those, you know, few hours before bedtime, it just is a different headspace and, you know, easier to think of how we can support each other and what we need. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We've also gotten meals once a week, yeah. um, which has been really helpful to just know that we have, we have that. And so then like being able to just not, not having to worry about it for that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to explain how much it helps because it feels silly that we can't like, I can't, I could cook a meal that day every week if I yeah needed to, but to not need to is yeah. such a gift. Um, and we're so appreciative of it. Like, for example, um, we can go to a park till dinner time or go uh, to the gym sometimes up until dinner time because we know that that preparation period is taken right. care of. Right. Um, and and they just do so much better when we go to the park and, and do things like that. Um, so it is really nice. Uh, and then the other thing that's been really nice with having the care team is that the care team there's have a leader um, and that person checks in each week. Yeah, weekly, um, yeah. And so just knowing that someone is checking in and um, let me just chat about the week and, you know, I get to share updates on the kids and what they're doing really well in and what they're struggling with. Um, And, and also like get parenting advice, just like regular people parenting advice. Um, And, and just also to be told sometimes like, oh yeah, that, that behavior actually is normal. Like that is Every kid experiences that. That happens with my kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've asked a lot of people that question this past year, Mm -hmm. because as we've moved out of more like trauma, like extreme behavior, uh, we moved toward this gray zone of our kids still have big feelings and are tough to parent sometimes. Um, A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of time. But it's still like, I've asked some people like, did your four-year-old do that? And they're like, oh yeah, they do that 100%. all the time. Yeah. I was like, Which is oh, really helpful. That, that's useful. <laughs> uh, not that it's an acceptable behavior, yeah, no, just, no. but at least like we're not off the deep end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And also I would say one of the things that's most helpful about that weekly check-in is just that I know someone is going to be asking if we need anything and even offering ideas um, because asking for help is hard. Yeah. And so knowing that I I don't even need to put the energy into reaching out because someone is already going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because often, and, and this was very true the first year and even true this year, by the time we've reached the point that we're like, oh yeah, we need help. It's too late. Like mm-hmm. we're too far into whatever it is. Um, and And it would take monumental efforts to actually provide the help that we need at that point. Um, or like when one of the kids has a really hard day um, or week, by the time it escalates to the point of us being like, oh yeah, like this, this is a situation we should reach out to get some respite childcare or something. Yeah. Um, it's often like fading at that point, but we're still exhausted. But then we feel like not unjustified in asking for it because it's the behavior has faded. Yeah. Um, right. So to have that weekly check-in often also is like, oh Right. Our week was actually was hard. Like it was, it was really hard. Yeah. I didn't really realize that until you just asked that. But um, yeah. So it, it just gives you really space helpful. to acknowledge either way yeah. or for anything. And then has that built in mm-hmm. help component that yeah. removes some of that burden from you guys. We've also had it pointed out when prayers are answered, like things that That's little awesome. things that she'll ask for an update and I'll share it. And um, the response will be like, wow, like 
do you remember when we prayed for that last month? Like that's, cool. that's such a gift that, that God has answered that prayer. Um, yeah. cause yeah, when you're in it, it's so much harder to see it. So to have someone kind of to be able to have some perspectives, but still connected and involved. Mm -hmm. This is a little off script. Okay. But the the question that I have here is who should be helping in care communities? Like what what would you encourage someone that might be on the fence about uh, being on one of your, your, like a care team like yours? Um, I, what would you say to challenge our church? I would (laughs) say that um, you don't have to be um, even like childcare or any of that to be in a care community. I know there's lots of people who just like making meals. So, you know, it's you, like, there's no hard and fast rule for a care community. Yeah. So the goal for care community is one meal a week. So maybe, you know, someone who likes making meals makes two meals a week and somebody else, you know, tries to do a, you know, date night once a month or once every other month, you know. I would yeah. say everyone. Who there it is. has margin. That's what I was yeah. hoping And for. everyone should have margin. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> maybe your mission, the area that God is calling you to is, is different. It's different. Like not everyone is called to foster care, and that is completely fine. Um, but if you are not pouring into some ministry, then it should be this one. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can. any Literally anyone can. Um, and it's yeah, it's really, because it's a team, it's, it's and no point is it a huge ask for any individual person Mm -hmm. um and just being able to have a team of people that you can distribute it to is is immeasurably helpful um we've talked about this i've talked about this with you guys a little bit but i know that you know a hope for all of us is that we have another care community build up uh, for safe families for the dumbs and for whoever else becomes a safe family um because those those needs are actually even in some ways way more acute yep. whenever somebody takes a kid for five days. It's that initial five days and that might just be it five yep. days or two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And those placements, like I'm sure not many respites are just so fast to have that quick response team. is just so needed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would just say like, even though I'm saying it's not that big of an ask to be on a care team, it is the biggest gift to us. Mm-hmm. Um, because truly, I don't think we could have done the longer term respites that we did if we hadn't had the care committee. Like that was, we had actually committed to not taking any placements other than like a weekend respite for a year. Uh-huh. But we did anyway. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> but you, since you and brought it up. Because we had a care community and we knew that things like putting together bikes or finding bikes or, um, you know, we had already had a date night planned or date day planned um for at one point and we had extra we had the extra girls and um whoever it was I don't even remember who it was still did it like they still stepped up into that because we it's it's just a lot harder to yeah. have a date when you have new kids in the home um sure. but yeah just having margin like it created margin for us to do to meet needs that we otherwise would have had to say no to. Yeah. Um, so other people's small margins create those margins for us so that we can keep serving in the way that we're called to serve. Yeah. And as we all use those margins collectively, there's a big impact mm-hmm. in that, uh, that that is really helpful as we think about these things as a church. And I think that's a good transition point to say, 
you officially adopted your kiddos this last year. Uh, you have a care a care team around you guys, and it sounds like there has been some margin created in your lives. Mm-hmm. I, I hesitate to say margin because I know how <laughs> on top of things you guys are and all the the, the things that you do. But the the question that I have is like, what's maybe your family's now like long term goals moving from this point? What what are your thoughts about long term placements, more respite? Like, what are you guys thinking yeah. for the the rest of the year? So for right now, we're definitely going to continue doing respite. In fact, we got an email right before coming here for a respite um, placement. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> just felt like classic foster care. Yeah. Um, but. We, so first of all, our kids are constantly asking us, when are the new kids coming? <laughs> um, and telling us, like asking things like, or saying things like, you know, oh yeah, when we have, when we have someone in the bunk bedroom again, that's our spare room that we yeah. use for other kids. Um, or they'll say like, that's where the, the other kids will sit in the van when they come. Um, so which is just, I just love that that's the culture of our home. Yeah. Um, that at ages four and six that they understand that there are kids who need a safe home. Like they acute, acutely understand that. Mm. Um, and they want to share what they have with others. Um, yeah. So for what's next, probably. Um, well, we bought a van. So we, we are. Was, that was one wire. It's a big It's a minivan. It's a minivan. It's a minivan. It's like, what's the scale here? Yeah. We will never have a family that requires anything larger than a minivan. We are committed to okay. that. We are on record. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, have to check in this time next year. <laughs> I do. I do think that it would be tough to have more than four or five uh, trauma kids mm-hmm. um, in under the same roof. Um, but yeah. Uh, Quick, Jasir anecdote. I looked it up right before I came just because it was amusing. Uh, Jasir is, Jasir, we have cleaning every day, which is one of the things that get, or every other day, which gets tough, uh, especially with other kids. But um, Jasir was not cleaning the one day. I, I was sitting with him on the beanbag and I was like, all right, last chance to make a meaningful dent here. Like, after that, we're just going to go to bed early or something like that. And he looked at me very seriously and goes, a meaningful dent? So you want me to take a hammer and hit your car and bang, bang, bang? And I was like, no, not that kind of meaningful dent. <laughs> so we still have lots of personality, even with medication. Uh, Pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, but He's creative. Yeah. Very creative. Very creative. I love that. Um, but so... What's next is we're still in a period of kind of rest and hoping finding like next next stages with our kids to get them a little bit more uh, ready, a little more stable, <laughs> a little more stable to be ready for uh, kids. Our thought is in the spring, early summer that we will open our home. And move from our current classification as respite family back to foster family, um, mm-hmm. and then with longer term with placements. Longer term but who knows? Like that can still only be two weeks, right? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. but yeah. like yeah, they can find a relative um, and move the next day. Yeah. Um, so we're opening ourselves to that possibility. Uh, we really want to um, just be there for kids who need us. Uh, probably we'll do siblings again because there are, I think I mentioned it last year, uh, 
60% of kids come in to the system with a sibling mm-hmm. and only 30 or 40% of homes are willing to take more than one kid. Right. So, and that's strategically why you guys even bought the house that you did, yes. if I remember everything correctly. we do yes. <laughs> is strategic for foster care. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're also thinking probably older kids. Um, when we had the older girls this summer, we learned that Jasir is not meant to be the oldest kid in the family. Um, a, a lot of times they tell you like, don't disrupt birth birth order, but um, Jesse actually isn't the oldest. He's like, a really great he's, middle child. <laughs> <laughs> he he actually isn't like the biological oldest. They, yeah. do, they do have some older siblings um, elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it turns out he's just not meant to be the oldest. And he did so much better when oh, he had wow. older kids yeah, leaving really him. Um, hmm. So yeah, we're we're thinking older, but who, you know, who knows? <laughs> We say yes to things that we we didn't say we would say yes to. So I was going to say, we have a few things to revisit. (laughs) Our age range is probably three to 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, We'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We still need to talk about it. (laughs) We'll let you know. And then, of course, whatever call we get may be completely different than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's fair. Um, maybe final question to wrap things up a little bit here. Is there like one or two ways that uh, the people of our church can be praying for you guys as you're considering these these things? I would say first and foremost is always um, discernment, especially going into a season of, of reopening our home. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the worst thing in the world is disrupting a placement. Um, and we basically never would have considered that before. Um, but we do have just here into heart to consider now. And so um that definitely increases the weight of, of a yes. Um, because there's just, there's just more factors to consider. Um, and so, yeah, just discernment for that and that, um, we would. And Stacy, who is from bear, she's the one who calls us. (laughs) Yeah. She's the one like pray even for discernment for her Mm. because she's the one who decides who to call. And, yeah. um, so she she hears the the description down. of the yeah. kid and the, the case, and she looks through her list of open homes and makes phone calls based on what she knows about the families and as well as the kid who child who needs a, a home. Mm. Um, so she needs a lot of discernment too. Yeah. But yeah, so I'd say discernment and um, <laughs> always endurance <laughs> for um, for clear minds and to be able to. Be trauma informed, um, even when we're tired, mm. and to be able to identify when we need help um, and have the courage to ask. Mm. Yeah. Well, Anthony, would you? I would love to, to love pray to for the Rogers. For the Rogers now to practice, Probably. practice what we preach a little bit, and then we'll wrap things up. Sounds good. Father, I thank you so much for Mariah and JP. Thank you for the gift in our church and the way that you have worked in their hearts in a powerful way um, to make them your literal hands and feet to children who don't have uh, good family homes. That they can be um, your hands and feet to them, that they can they can love them so well and bring them in. And I said, their whole life is geared around foster care. They have, they have invested so much here. You have called them to this and thank you for that. And Father, thank you for the gift of Jazir and Jakar in our church. Well, what a wonderful, fun gift those kids are. Um, thank you that you allow them to be adopted to Rogers home and be a part of our church. And it's a blessing. Father, I pray for continued perseverance and strength for the Roger family. 
as they can see as they consider what's forward what's ahead of them in terms of longer term placements and ages and I pray that you give them wisdom and discernment in that. I pray that you give them a renewed strength and vigor in that as they continue to walk this path and uh, consider and um, are active in the foster care system. Um, Father, I can I ask that our church will rally around them well, that we wrap ourselves around them, that we don't just think this is work for the Rogers to do. This is work for all of us to do. This is a way that we can all uh, care for these kids and families and share the love of Christ in, in different ways. We do that in so many different ways, but we all have a role. We all have a place. We all have a call. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Rogers. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks again for having us. Yeah. yeah, thanks for being willing to to come a year later and, yeah. and continue sharing your stories uh, with us. And as Anthony said, we do love your kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're awesome they are and they're the crazy and they're loud. <laughs> They're so much fun. I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think Jazir at the end of a, a service said, whoa, that was a great song. That, yeah, that was Jahar. So that, that that was, that's her favorite song is Living Hope. We listen to it all the time. And so, yeah, she was pumped to hear it. She was like, mommy, did you ask them to sing that song? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I did not. You cannot sing so that. She's I just, just to always record. requesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is for you, uh, Mr. Jordan out there. Uh, Living Hope, keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chazier's still mad at me for not having the inflatables at last year's oh. average party. Yeah. Yes. I know. He's, he, he lets yeah. me know. He, he knows details. He holds on to them. So I'm hoping this year we can redeem that. Oh, you yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> you will never live it down. Well, uh, you guys should start praying now that there's not a wind advisory. Uh-huh. Again, uh, for the Easter outreach. Um, But yeah, sincerely, thank you guys. Uh, You have been a challenge for Anthony and I as we think about what our life and future looks like uh, as it relates to kids and all those things. So we're grateful for you. Uh, The stuff that you guys do challenges our church, I think, in a really helpful, helpful way. Uh, And I think it's going to be a fun rest of the month as we hear from Cindy King next week, as we hear from the Dumbs and get an update on them and their life with safe families. Uh, and then finally, we're going to finish up the month with that Q&A. So if you have questions, so if you have questions um, from the Rogers or for it, just about foster care in general, how you can be involved, what it would be like to be uh, a member of a care community, then uh, send those our way. Uh, and so that we can actually tackle those with Cindy King at the end of the month. Uh-huh. I'd also just like to add, we are also always open to answering questions about yeah. foster care and our experiences and if people are interested in foster care or care communities, just being able to give a little more insight into what that looks like. Um, we're always happy to have that conversation. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way for people to do that? Just uh, reach out to you directly? Yeah, absolutely. I, Text or email. Yeah. Cool. I just, Which before is, before yeah. I said that, I, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I you're appreciate cool. it. Yeah. You're cool Actually, we, we take pigeon, you know. That kind of thing. Uh, I digress. Uh, This has been fun, guys. I'm grateful for you. Our church is grateful for you. Uh, And yeah, this has been another episode of the Liberty B-Side podcast. If you have any questions, send them my way. And if not, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.